Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, we are officially bowl eligible, Cody, and boy, does it feel good to say that. It feels fantastic to say that. I already got my bowling shoes ready. Georgia Southern winners, uh, 48-31 to 31 on the road against New Mexico State, improving to 6-1 and one on the season. Um, they're still 3-0 and oh, uh, in the uh, Sunbelt Conference. That was a non-conference game. Um, and now, Cody, it is uh, Crap State Week, uh, that, that big, big matchup against Appalachian State back at home in the comfort of Paulson Stadium. And, uh, you know, this is the game that I know, you know, players and coaches, uh, whether they wanted to admit it or not, had circled probably the whole year. I know Eagle Nation certainly has. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be one of the biggest App State games that we've had in a long, long time. And just the rivalry, um, just the deep passion from each fan base, as well as all the the connections with both coaching staffs to the uh, program. This will be a great game on a short week in Paulson. Uh, this this ought to be a fantastic matchup. And we'll get uh, really in-depth with that one. We want to we'll obviously touch on the New Mexico State uh, win, uh, but we want to spend some more time uh, in this episode uh, you know, previewing that, that huge matchup against App State. Um, we'll also, uh, now that we're bowl eligible, talk about uh, where Georgia Southern might end up in, in a bowl this year. So uh, kind of our, our dream destinations uh, uh, for the team. Um, so we will uh, touch on that and more. You're listening to Gotta Talk. Thanks, as always, for listening. Um, I'm Matt. That's Cody. Let's get it, Cody. Let's get it, Matt. So now looking at that New Mexico State game, 48-31, to 31, we talked, um, you know, Agnosium last week about uh, the offense and how they looked like they didn't really show up on the road. You know, we started kind of questioning you know how this team will play on the road under uh, coach Lunsford obviously just our third road game of the year um, you know one of them being against Clemson but uh, you know offense came out played really really well um, you know we'll, we'll touch on the the defense in a minute but um, let, let's just start with, with the offense and, and how they kind of responded after that uh, that poor showing against Texas State and, uh, and you know just a really impressive showing um, in Las Cruces New Mexico definitely and an impressive showing by the offense line, the running backs, and Shai Wirtz. Um, it was just all-around great team effort on the offensive side of the ball, and I mean, it didn't look like New Mexico State could stop them or even come up with an answer on how to slow down our offense. Yeah, 466 total yards, Cody. Uh, we had 77 yards passing. Shai Wirtz was uh, efficient uh, four for four um, passing in this game. Um, you know, just we don't pass the ball a lot, but uh, you know, you've seen it all over Twitter of, of how efficient we are throwing the football. Yeah, and I think even a, a bigger compliment to his game has been when he's dropped back and have not and has not had the the receivers available and has been able to get out of the pocket and make positive yardage on the play. Um, we saw that a few times uh, in uh, last night's game, and that helped move the change and actually get us big yards and in, in, in big plays uh, a couple of times, and even led to the uh, I think it was his touchdown run that he had. I think they had the uh, option for him to throw, and it was just clear as day for him to run it in, and he did so. I mean, not only is the passing great, but he's making smart, intelligent decisions back there as far as when he needs to get out of the pocket and run. Um, you just can't say enough good things about his play this season. And running the football, uh, just missing that elusive uh, 
400-yard rushing mark, uh, finishing with 389 yards rushing in this game, Cody. Uh, but Wesley Fields, uh, you know, that was kind of one of the big stories, uh, you know, our, our running back number one uh, out uh, with an injury for this game. And, uh, you know, his – um, his crew behind him, uh, you know, s- stepped right in uh, without missing a beat. Uh, you had Logan Wright with a career day, um, his uh, first two touchdowns of his career, 136 yards. And then uh, Wesley Kennedy the third, uh, getting involved in the rushing attack. Um, obviously, he's been involved a little bit, but, uh, um, you know, more so passing. Um, so he had 16 carries for 97 yards um, and two scores as well, Cody. Yeah, man, our running backs looked fantastic yesterday. And you can tell that even when Fields goes out that we have – plenty of depth at that position to where the next man up can just come right in there and just pull off a game like uh, Logan Wright did. Uh, and the the to me, the one of the impressive things that I saw in last night's game is that the uh, best finally started using Kennedy more as far as giving him the dive and finding more ways to get him the football because he's just an elusive, just a playmaker type guy. And, you know, the game against Texas State last week, he only got the ball once on the offensive side. And that's just not what we need. And, and, and if he doesn't get the ball that much, our offense, you can tell, kind of sputters. So to see him get more opportunities and, and for the best to find more ways to get him involved was a great sign looking uh, forward for the rest of the year. Yeah, and let's uh, also talk about Ellis Richardson. You know, this is a guy that, uh, you know, missed a couple games. Uh, you know, we had him kind of pegged as, uh, you know, kind of an X factor uh, going into the season, a uh, big tight end. And, you know, he had had a catch, uh, 31 yards, that helped set up um, our first touchdown of the game. Uh, you know, when things were, were frankly looking a little bleak there, you know, we'll, we'll get into the defense in a second, but uh, going down uh, 14-0, um, and then, you know, we get the field goal, and then Ellis Richardson with that big 31-yard reception to set up our first touchdown. Yeah, he's definitely a playmaker, and he definitely has skills that, that I think are, are difficult for opposing defenses to match up and, and to cover. So, yeah, he hasn't really, I think, gotten the production that you and I both thought that he would. Um, but when he has been in there, he's played pretty pretty daggum well. He's he's blocked fantastic. He's uh, The few routes that he's ran, he's gotten wide open. Um, he was wide open in yesterday's game for the one catch that he had. And he actually made a really, really good catch on that ball because it was thrown a little bit behind him, and he kind of had a turn and really kind of make a, a athletic catch in order to, to catch it. So um, I, I still think that somewhere down this line, whether it's in App State or against Coastal or whenever or, or some opponent in the future, he's going to have a big game, and, and we're going to come back on here, and we're going to be like, yep, you know, he, he it busted out. He finally got, you know, a couple of touchdowns, and he got two or three passes and, and really kind of kind of – made that game and kind of turned it on its head. So I, I still look for him to break out. He's still a fantastic player and just just a athletic ability that I think is, is, is really quite hard for for really any defense to match up with. So the last thing I want to touch on on offense is getting uh, big C.J. Wright involved. You know, this was the first time that we kind of saw him on offense involved uh, since that Clemson game uh, where he kind of uh, broke out and became a, a Twitter sensation. So, you know, had him involved and in, in the last drive of the first half uh, to go up there right before the half and, uh, you know, didn't get a carry but was a was a huge decoy and, and great call uh, by offensive coordinator Bob DeBest to, to get him in the game and uh, you know, and and kind of confuse that New Mexico State defense. Yeah, anytime he's is on the offensive side of the ball or in the game on the offensive side of the ball, the opposing defense is going to have to stack the box uh, because he will run through about four or five guys 
and it will take a plethora of, of defensive guys to get him down. So anytime he's in there, I think you will always have the the option to, to go to the outside or do that fake dive and, and roll out. And I think it's going to 99% of the time be wide open, um, just like it was. I mean, Shai could pretty much just have walked in. It was just that wide open to the outside. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things in which do, do defenses stack the box and, and let that happen, or do they try to just stop them with five or six guys in the box and, and hope that they can? You know, it's uh, it's a fantastic option that we have when we get close to the goal line, and I would not uh, be surprised at all if we see that again on Thursday night. So now, Cody, let's talk about that uh, Georgia Southern defense. Uh, you know, obviously been the been the strong point. Uh, you know, the the whole year. Um, you know, kind of saved us in that that Texas State game um, where the offense struggled. Um, so we were kind of expecting them to you know come out on on another road game and and, and kind of dominate. That that didn't happen. At least not you know at the uh, beginning of the game and then and then kind of there at the end and you can argue maybe garbage points and we were up so big that you know we, we had some backups and stuff in there but uh, you know Georgia Southern hadn't given up uh, they only gave up three points in the first quarter uh, the entire season entering this game uh, they gave up 14 uh, two touchdowns in, in in this game Cody so just kind of talk about the, the the slow start of the Georgia Southern defense yeah it wasn't the start that we were expecting um, nor has it been the start that that we've seen all season so it's definitely a surprise uh, but I will give New Mexico State this their quarterback was extremely accurate on those first couple of, of uh, series where they had those two touchdowns and uh, their running scheme was working they had their running backs were getting nice holes they were getting big gains and you know they had they had a, uh, a game plan and they executed it pretty well those first two series um, and so uh, I think what you saw was uh, defense that that you could tell that there are holes in the middle of the field and their quarterback was accurately hitting the receivers in those pockets. You'll see later on in the game where when they don't, they lead to incompletions and interceptions. Um, but um, at least in those first two series, they, they were they were spot on. And, 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 they, and they scored. And the, the big and the, and the most important thing is, is that you saw where uh, Sloan made the adjustments and, and, and really stopped them pretty much the rest of the game until we were up 45 to 17. So, you know, it goes from being 14 to 3 to 45 to 17. So we went on a 42 to 3 run right there um, and just annihilated them until the, you know, almost into the third quarter. And then after that, like you said, it's just garbage time and garbage points. And we're just really playing to to run out the clock and, and to not get anybody hurt the rest of the game. So great job for the adjustments. Great job to, as they say, reset and focus and put those first two series behind them and really shut them down the rest of the football yeah, game. Yeah, and also penalties uh, came into play. Uh, you know, no penalties for Georgia Southern in the first half, uh, you know, four for 36 in the second half, uh, some of which, uh, you know, might have been questionable. I know that that horse collar call, um, you know, a lot of people were upset about. Uh, didn't look like like horse collar to me. Uh, you know, uh, Cody, uh, you and I were texting back and forth during the game of, of that uh that targeting call that that was reviewed and, and wasn't targeting. I, I didn't think that there was helmet to helmet contact. Uh, you thought there was, but uh, you know, still came away with a personal foul there. Um, so that definitely helped uh, kind of get a rhythm and get things going. And, and and they got their their points there late in the game off those penalties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a couple of bad calls and and extend their drive and and they get a couple of you know a few points out of it. So, you know, those things will happen. Those are things that we can't control we just got to do better next time and um you know 
you know, it's it's still it was in a in a time in which it didn't really matter. They weren't going to come back at this point to beat us, and 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 we had pretty much the game wrapped up. Now, I mean, is is that and and this is being kind of nitpicky, but obviously, as we are entering, uh, you know, our, our our biggest game of the season to this point against App State, um, you know, it it only gets tougher from here. We got App State, we got Troy. So, you know, I saw some people on Twitter talking about like being able to finish and things like this, and and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the the win. Uh, you know, in that case was ever really in doubt. Um, I even told you in the Texas State game that as, as close as it got, um, you know, I didn't really think we were ever going to lose that game. I was, uh, you know, frustrated and upset, like a lot of Eagle Nation, of, of how we looked, especially on offense. Um, but I was never really afraid we were going to lose. That certainly wasn't a feeling I had, you know, the last two years. So, you know, it, it, is that concerning is my question, uh, you know, moving forward as we face uh, tougher opponents of just being able to to finish? No, because we finished against Arkansas State and we finished against Texas State. Now, the Texas State game may not have been what we wanted, but the defense played their asses off. And, I mean, anybody questioning this team as far as not being able to finish, to me, just has not watched any of our football games. I'm sorry, but they just haven't. We finished against Arkansas State. We we won that game in the, in the last seconds and then the last couple of drives of that game. You know, in, in Texas State game, again, we finished there by stopping the two-point conversion and, and recovering the onside kick. And the defense really stepped up when the offense had a had a bad day at the office. So, I, I don't... I, do not have that that feeling or that or that thought that we can't finish a football game. I think that when we need to, we can. But when you're up 45-17, it's really at this point just trying to get the game over and just running clock out and just being able to get on the uh, on the plane home and celebrate being uh, bowl eligible for the first time since 2015. Yeah, and also staying healthy, you know, and that and that's something that um, I wanted to get into was with the injuries. You know, had uh, obviously Wesley Fields out there on offense. Um, had uh, several key uh, defensive players in Rashad Bird and um, Sean Freeman, uh, uh, you know, safety out. So, uh, you know, just kind of talk about how the defense did, uh, you know, with those guys out. You know, it's, it seemed like all year, you know, we've been battling injuries, especially on the defensive side, and we just keep having guys rotate in and, and, and playing really strong. Yeah, I mean, that you, I don't think you pretty much summed it up. I mean, we've been facing this issue all season long, um, ever since the, the Clemson game. And really kind of before that, you know, really kind of before the even season got started, I think we were facing injuries on the defensive side. So this is nothing new. It just is a compliment and, 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 a, and a testament to, to how well this defensive uh, coaching staff has gotten each and every one of those kids ready to play, regardless if they're the first string or if they're a fourth and fifth string and, and, you know, barely making the cut to even dress out for the game. They have everybody there ready and prepared to go into that football game. And whenever they've called somebody's number up on the defensive side of the ball, they have played their butts off, and I think you can't um, you can't give enough credit to the coaches and to the players on the defensive side of the ball this season. Yeah, it was great to see you know some of those guys stepping in. You had uh, you know Quan Griffin coming away with a uh, strip sack uh, fumble uh, recovery, and then also uh, C.J. Wright. We talked about him on the offensive side of the ball as as a decoy, uh, but playing really well on that line. Cody um, also getting a fumble recovery, and then uh, Kendall Vildor. Uh, you know, just uh, an, uh, another interception for him. And, you know, it seems like uh, him or Brinson come away with a pick uh, almost every game. Yeah. I mean, again, this is this gets back to their philosophy of, of getting turnovers and uh, ending possessions uh, quickly and, and, and getting the ball back to our offense. You can't say enough about how well this defense plays. You can't say enough good things about how well the secondary 
and our, especially our two cornerbacks in Brinson and Vildor, just how well they have shut down opponents' uh, wide receivers and passing game. I mean, they just play fantastic, and it really kind of bodes well. I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but it, it bodes well, and it provides a, an excellent matchup uh, this week coming up against App State as to what they can do against uh, App State receivers. So that's a good segue, Cody. Let's talk about those Appalachian State Mountaineers. Um, like I said, uh, biggest game of the year uh, to this point. Um, as you mentioned earlier, probably uh, the the biggest Georgia Southern App State matchup uh, we have had in years. Um, so you know they're coming off of uh, you know a, another win. Uh, they're five and one uh, on the year, three and zero oh in the Sun Belt Conference. Obviously, they played uh, one less game uh, with that game cancellation because of the hurricane. Um, but against uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, they actually looked. Uh, human if you will they they actually looked uh beatable uh only winning that game by 10 points 27 to 17 yeah and um speaking of of app state coming to town this you know this podcast is done before the the new ap poll comes out so they may even be ranked you know in the top 25 when they come in here uh, on thursday but yeah they actually did they looked you know surprisingly you know um beatable um against lafayette and maybe Maybe they got caught looking ahead to our game. Maybe they get you know weren't as focused as what they typically are. But nevertheless, uh, uh, Louisiana is a, is a halfway you know decent team out of that West, and I actually think that they have a pretty good shot of winning that side of of the uh, conference um, this year, especially if Arkansas State doesn't play well against them um, coming up. But again, uh, App State does look beatable. They only had uh, what 106 yards passing, yep, um, and. And I think our cornerbacks and secondary is a lot better than than Louisiana's. Um, so it'll kind of be, you know, do we get, do we are we able to shut down their passing attack? And and if so, um, can we also shut down the running back? Um, the the guy who replaced Moore is 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 very talented as well. It's it's not really a big drop off, if any drop off at all. So it's still going to be tough to stop their running game. Um, but if our defense can and shows up, um, this could be a, a defensive battle of, of epic proportions on Thursday night and will be a, a slugfest and a dogfight, one that App State really hasn't had. And maybe that Texas State game is more of a blessing than what we thought because we have at least been in a dogfight and know how to win it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, App State's quarterback, Zach Thomas, um, you know, started the year, uh, you know, with, with that game against uh, Penn State and then uh, a few after that uh, looking like he could be the Sun Belt Conference uh, player of the year. You know, and, and we, we, we talked about losing Taylor Lamb and how that might affect App State in, in our season preview, how maybe, you know, they're in the top three, but maybe that, that third position in the conference, uh, you know, mainly because of that. And, and he stepped in and, and played really well, but it, it seems like the last couple of weeks they've relied more on that rushing attack um, than, than his arm, Cody. Yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely, uh, you can't take him lightly. Um, I think he is um, a sophomore, I believe. So he's still young. He still had things to, to learn. Um, but we can't, just think that oh he's on a on a downhill slope he, he's not he's people are trying to you know figure him out we still have to take him very very seriously because if we don't he will gash us he he has an arm um he has the receivers around him um he definitely has the blocking and you know just we have to to to, to be prepared for him because if we don't he'll he'll light us up yeah so like you said finish him with 106 uh just 106 passing yards against Lafayette um they had 266 yards rushing Cody um so you know just kind of how, how do you think, uh, you know, our 
um, our, you know, our front line or our linebackers are going to hold up against their rushing attack. That's going to be a tough battle. Um, I think we've seen at times in, in previous games where the opposing teams have been able to run the ball on us in a series or two or a couple of series. So it's going to be important to, to be able to continually stop their run game and to not let them um, control uh, time as well as score and to really kind of get them off the field and get our offense on there and let our offense kind of do their thing and and, and really kind of wear down defenses and put up points and, and, and get this game under our control. Yeah, they actually controlled time of possession uh, against Lafayette, so um, that probably uh, definitely came into play in, in that 10-point win, uh, you know, holding the ball for um, over 32 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, let's talk about our offense against their defense. You know, that's something that – uh, we've we've kind of uh, touched on um, you know in our Sunbelt Conference preview and and certainly in our, uh, our our season preview of how you know these these two teams obviously know each other you know longtime rivals uh, but on top of that another kind of uh, wrinkle is um, you know we have one of their defensive coordinators uh, you know we we stole Scott Sloan from them um, obviously their other uh, defensive coordinator uh, co-defensive coordinator going to Georgia Tech um, but they hired within uh, they hired two assistants uh, to be the the new co-defensive coordinators there um, so we basically run their defense and and they run ours um, and you know there's uh, certainly you know some some base plays and things like that on offense that that are pretty similar um, you know that they uh, certainly don't run the triple option as much as we do, uh, you know, but they have a lot of, you know, zone read plays, zone run plays, uh, things like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, pretty close, uh, you know, mirror images of each other with these two teams. So how how will that come into play, Cody? Yeah, Matt, it is, it's definitely a mirror images of each other um, on on the defensive side of the ball. I think where our, this game is won at for us is, is our offensive line. And can they dominate the trenches and can they get that push? Um, if they can and we're able to run and kind of get that dive play going like we did against New Mexico State, then then I think we win. I think we win kind of, you know, pretty easily. Uh, but if we can't and, you know, the offensive line struggles, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough, tough game. Um, we have got to get pushed. We have got to create running lanes and we've got to be able to to, you know, put drives together um, so that our defense isn't out on the field, you know, the entire time and, and, and having to play 70, 80 plays. Um, because that's going to wear them down, and that's this just it won't it won't be a good night for us if that's the case. So, uh, the the to me the biggest matchup and in the in the biggest uh, thing that I think we all need to watch for is how well does our offensive line play against App State's three four defense. And and just kind of talk about play calling too, and and just kind of being creative with the football. You know, that's something that we didn't see too much against Texas State, but I certainly saw kind of more of that. It looked like we opened the playbook up a little bit more against New Mexico State. Um, you know, uh, try to throw the ball a little bit more uh, too. So, um, you know, we we kind of mentioned C.J. Wright, uh, and you know, you you mentioned uh, possibly getting him involved more and him actually getting touches and not just being a decoy. So, just kind of talk about what kind of wrinkles maybe you expect to see uh you know with with our offense when it comes to just kind of mixing things up uh you know maybe a trick play here or two you know it, it do you see that coming into play yeah i think so i mean this is this is a big game i mean not only is it because it's a rivalry game but with troy's uh qb going out for the rest of the season and the way that georgia state and coastal's played um, a lot of people are thinking that whoever wins this game is coming out of the East uh, and going to that first conference championship and likely will probably host it. 
Um, so this is this is a huge, huge football game. Um, I know that everybody says we look at each football game the same, but I don't think you really can for this one. This is big. This this is this is a lot more than just a rivalry game. We're gonna have to to play every card that we have. I mean, if we, if we need a couple of trick plays, we gotta throw it out there. If if it means that C.J. Wright needs to come in and just dominate and just run him up the middle for five straight plays and just let him just wear down that defensive line and that linebacker core of, of App State, then we got to do it. We got to pull out every string and, and every card that we have to play and lay it all on the table this Thursday night because otherwise, you know, if we don't, we won't be playing more than likely in that championship game. That's something that I think now, being 6-1, and one, is a goal. You know, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but with the way that we played and, and the rest of the schedule and how it looks, it's definitely a go and it's definitely attainable. Yeah, and Cody, obviously being a home game uh, plays in our favor. You know, played really, really well at Paulson Stadium. Uh, it is a short week. Um, you know, we kind of saw how we uh, did against Texas State on a short week, but obviously that was a long road trip. Um, and then, uh, you know, App State played against Louisiana Lafayette at home, um, but, you know, that was a tough and physical game for them. So now they have to make the trek down to Statesboro, obviously not, not as far as what we've experienced these last two weeks, but just kind of talk about how uh, – you know, it's it's beneficial for us, obviously, being in Paulson Stadium. Um, you know, especially on kind of a short turnaround week. It is, and um, you know, now it's now it's the opposing team's turn to, to travel to us on a short week and and lose that day of of practice and preparation because of travel. So it's good to host it. But the bigger thing and and the most important aspect of it is that we've got to get our fans out to this football game it this is like I, like I just said this is this is pretty much for all the marbles here this is for us to take pretty much a, a huge command over the the Sunbelt East it means that we will probably more than likely be hosting the conference championship um, if we went out um, which I think if we beat App State is a very good possibility and on top of that like I said the the AP poll hasn't came out yet but there's a good good chance that App State may actually be in that top 25 when it comes out later today. So there's no excuse for this stadium not to be at least 20,000 strong in Paulson Stadium Thursday night. It, it, to be honest with you, it needs to be sold out. It, there needs to be 25,000 plus in that in that stadium, and it needs to be loud. It needs to be rocking. We need to, to really just get that energy up in that stadium because our boys are going to need it. And and they're and because this is gonna be a tough game. This is gonna be a dog fight. I'll be I'll be very surprised if this is a a, a lopsided win one way or the other. So we need everybody there that that can come out. That's gonna be to me. That's gonna be a, a big key in this game as well is how many people come out to Paulson on Thursday night. Because to be honest, Matt, and I know you agree with this, this should be no less than than twenty five thousand in that in that stadium. There's no excuse. No, for there it. isn't an excuse. And and you know they we talk about the power of Paulson. It, it's real. It really is. I mean the the you know I was there for the Arkansas State game. Cody, you're a season ticket holder. You've been there for all the home games. The players feed off the energy. Maybe even more so than than some other uh, you know college football teams I've seen. I, they they really you know this is a young team. That kind of stuff comes into play. It really does, and you know everything on on social media and 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 the build up and the fanfare and all that kind of stuff. The the gotta row guys and um, you know doing the confetti bombs and blue smoke as the yellow school buses come by. The team feeds off of that. They really really do. So we we need everybody there. We really do. And and you know it's it's tough, Cody, because it's a Thursday game, and you know I know. You've got the excuse of you know work and and all that and and I'll I'll be honest I'm I'm not gonna be able to make it in this game so I you know maybe I'm I'm hypocritical saying this but if if you can make it 
make it. You know, it's it, it is hard for for people. You know, I I live out of state. Um, I don't have the time off, but you know, I know there's plenty of people in Atlanta with saying kind of the same things, and we haven't had a great showing on Thursday nights. You know, with in terms of attendance. But this is a huge, huge, huge game. I know, you know, all of Eagle Nation will be watching somewhere. Um, but if you can be watching inside of Paulson Stadium, do everything you can to make it happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we need that place rocking. And, the, and the, like, I mean, there's just, we we need to have uh, no less than 20,000. But to be honest, it needs to be sold out and it needs to be standing room only. And they need to start opening up both of the the hills to to sit people at so it, it needs to be rocking on Thursday well, and night. also a, a key there is students you know let, let's I mean the, the the students should come out in full force um you know there there should be 10,000 students there there should and then and then that 5,000 or so maybe that you lose uh you know from you know not being able to make it you know kind of a for a midweek game um and long travel and things like that for alumni you know that counterbalances that so uh the you know the students really have have no excuse at this point not to you know it's not a holiday weekend or anything like that it's a thursday night um as we know uh the weekends start on thursdays cody and statesboro so i i, I really really hope that the, the students turn out in full force yeah i hope so too they need to be there there's nothing you know outside of the football game there's nothing else going on thursday night so they all need to be there rocking rolling getting hyped up and and really giving it to that app state uh bench over there and really just really just getting loud and making it difficult for them to to concentrate and and to and to focus on this game All right, so Cody, to uh, kind of close out this uh, App State portion of the episode, uh, let's kind of talk about some of our favorite memories. Uh, you know, from playing the Mountaineers. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with uh, with 2007. Um, you know, we were traveling up to Boone, North Carolina, uh, facing uh, the number one team in the nation at that point in App State. And, uh, you know, that was the same year they beat Michigan. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people gave us uh, gave us a shot. You know, we were under uh, Coach Chris Hatcher, uh, you know, at that point, um, kind of getting that that passing game and, and getting away from from the option um, and, and, you know, had just kind of mediocre years. Uh, so with, uh, you know, came up there, I was actually covering the team for the Georgian at the time. And I remember Cody, uh, you know, talking to my editor saying, you know, this is a really big game. We need to be at this game. And he, he thought we were just going to get blown out. And, and, the, and they ran it through anyway for approval. It didn't get approved from you know, a financial standpoint. So I ended up watching that game um, on my couch in, in you know, my college apartment. And uh, I was kicking myself that I didn't make that trip uh, to, to, to see that game. We won 38-35, to beat the number one team in the nation, put a crack in the rock. So that's, that's definitely uh, my, uh, my, my favorite App State memory. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of mine as well. Um, another one that I, that's, that's pretty fantastic is the first year under Jeff Munkin. Um, when we played again, App State ranked number one. We had just came off that terrible October, um, which we went I think one and three, and we were four and four, and 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 really didn't know if we were even going to make the playoffs that year, um, much less kind of the playoff run that we had. Um, and you know that game started off with them winning, you know, fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter, and it looked like App State was just kind of kind of run away with this one. And then the defense showed up. And, and we scored enough points to, to get it into overtime, and then, bam, we went it in the first overtime, and, and, and we beat them here in, in Paulson. And that set us up for really that, that really great 
an amazing 2010 run to get us all the way to the semifinals of that year in the playoffs. So that's definitely going to be up there in one of the, the top memories of, uh, of the uh, App State and Georgia Southern rivalry. And I think we both uh, have kind of a honorable mention game, Cody, and that's uh, that's in 2014. Uh, you know, our both uh, App State and Georgia Southern's first year uh, in the FBS and the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, you know, facing them, uh, it was a Thursday night game and uh, went really, really well for the Eagles. Yeah, we we really just kind of blew them out of the water that game. It wasn't even close. Matt Breedle went off. Ellison went off. I mean, we just we just dominated that game from start to finish. So that was a, that was a that was a very good game, and I think it kind of announced to everybody that hey, you know, we're here, and that you know, don't take us lightly. And, and sure enough, we went undefeated in the in conference play and won the conference that year. Um, first ever team to do that. Um, so that's something that App State will never be able to say. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, it is worth mentioning that that is the uh, the last time we beat Appalachian State. Uh, it was in 2014. So we've got, uh, you know, three three straight losses to them. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, definitely want to fix that uh, come Thursday night, Cody. Yeah, definitely. We we always kind of hype up rivalry games, you know, for, for good reasons. Um, we've lost three straight. It's not, been, it's not been very well over the last three seasons playing that. Them. So, we need to uh, we need to really stick it to them, and and, and again, kind of kind of do what we did in 2014, and kind of sh- you know say to everybody, all right, we're here, we're back, and um, and and we're not planning on on sucking anytime soon. Yeah, and it, it will be interesting to see how App State comes out for this game. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's should be pretty easy to get up for a rivalry game. I know our guys will be ready. Um, at least I hope they will. I think they will. But with App State, you know, they might be overlooking us. You know, I, I you know, we've talked about kind of putting the, the Sun Belt on notice. We are bowl eligible. We're 6-1. and one. Just as good record-wise as they are right now, um, they might argue that, you know, they're a better team and, and maybe they're overlooking us. But, you know, do you, do you think that could maybe come into play of, of them coming in and, you know, uh, winners of the last three uh, just kind of coming in. It's just another Thursday game, and they'll they'll take care of business. I don't think so. Um, simply because this is, I think, going to be their 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 toughest game from here on out. Because um, they have Coastal, Texas State, Georgia State, and then Troy to wrap up the season. Um, like I said, we've already know that that Troy's number one quarterback has, has gone out. They lost to Liberty last week. Um, I think I think this is a. I don't think they come out overlooking us i think they come out kind of with the mindset that most people have that whoever wins this game takes control of this of the eastern division and will more than likely host the the championship game in december because whoever wins this game you know they're gonna have to now lose two in the last four games to 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 even even have a shot of really of of not winning this eastern division and hope the other team runs the table so i don't think anybody's going to overlook this game on both sides i i think that this this comes out with the intensity of any big time college football game that you'll see all season and this this should be one of the better if not best group of five matchups um all season long and should be definitely one of the best group of five college football games that anybody will see uh this season all right so cody now uh to kind of close us out uh before we get into uh predictions and and the close of the show uh let's talk about bowl games uh george southern at six and one 
uh, bowl eligible uh, for just the second time uh, since being a member of the FBS. Uh, so let's first just kind of run through uh, the affiliated bowls for the Sunbelt Conference. Three of the Sunbelt affiliated bowls are on December 15th, uh, starting with the Auto Nation Cure Bowl um, at Camping World Stadium in, in my home of Orlando, Florida. Uh, that is against American Athletic Conference. Then you have the uh, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl uh, there in Montgomery, Alabama against the MAC and the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against Conference USA. The final two uh, Sunbelt affiliate games, uh, the first is December 22nd, the Dollar General Bowl. Um, that is uh, the new uh, name, new sponsor of the GoDaddy Bowl, which we all know uh, we won there in 2015. That is against the MAC as well. And then then uh, playing the Mountain West is the Sun Belt on uh, December 29th in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. That's the newest uh, bowl to uh, this lineup for the Sun Belt. So, Cody, out of those, uh, where, where do you kind of see Georgia Southern uh, going to? And, and, and out of those bowls, where do you kind of want us to be? I want us to be in, in the best bowl that we can get into. You know, that would mean winning out, winning the conference, and then kind of seeing where the where the chips fall, which I think, if memory serves me correctly, Matt, and if if it's wrong, correct me. But I think if we win the conference, the we kind of get first dibs on the New Orleans Bowl, and that's kind of the best matchup that we have. So they'd be the toughest competition. Um, it'll be in New Orleans. It's it's you know I think that'd be kind of the best bowl for us to get into. Now, hopefully, if the chips fall right, you know maybe. UCF and USF and Cincinnati and maybe Boy State, all of them lose a game or two from here and there, and we somehow luck into maybe getting an access bowl bid. But that's that's way on down the line. But I think just looking at the tie-ins, I think the New Orleans bowl would be best. And then um, you know I I think I just think that that's a that's the best destination that we can have as far as bowl, big city, uh, big time matchup. We're going up against a, a very quality opponent and it'll be on ESPN so it'd be there for for all the uh, nation to watch yeah and Cody before we we started you know we kind of you mentioned about the cure bowl and you know I've, I've seen a few uh you know polls out there from some of the various blogs and, and whatnot of seeing what Eagle Nation you know wants and a lot of people are saying Orlando. A lot of people are saying uh, the Cure Bowl. Obviously, I would love that because uh, you know that's it's where I live. I'd be able to see all the the weekly events, you know, leading up to that game of, of the uh, the pep rally and, and and parade and all this kind of stuff, um, which which would be great. And then you know, I'd certainly host you, Cody, and and whoever else wants to come down, uh, you know, to to check out that game. It'd be great to see it, you know, in in my home stadium here of uh, Camping World Stadium. But that's kind of a lower tier, you know, game uh, for us. You know, that's that's one of the newer ones. The Arizona Bowl came, uh, you know, came along recently. But I, you know, I believe that's that's on the kind of bottom tier um, of the the matchup. So even though it's against an American Athletic Conference team, you know, we're probably not going to be playing UCF or USF uh, in that game. So I, you know, I think that's maybe a, a misconception some people have. You know, those teams are going to be going to to much better bowls. So we would be facing, you know, a kind of a middle of the pack American team um, in that game. It's also on CBS Sports Network, which technically is nationally televised, um, but uh, not a lot of people get that channel or, or know how to find that channel. Um, you know, certainly not not as much as ESPN. So you could argue that that's not even really a, a nationally televised game. I know um, Georgia State has been in that bowl um, in the past, and you know it's been kind of hard to to even find that and, and watch it. So just kind of talk about that of of, of you know how it, it seems like a desirable destination. Uh, 
uh, certainly from a from a family uh, perspective um, here in Orlando uh, with you know in the shadow of Disney World but um, you know it's it's not really a desirable bowl uh, for for where we kind of want to be as a football team this year yeah location wise it's perfect it's not too far from Statesboro or really not too far from our, our, our alumni base in Atlanta to get to and definitely not far at all from all of our alumni in Florida so we would have, a, I think, a, a fantastic showing at that bowl. But like you said, the American Conference doesn't put in their, their marquee teams in that bowl game. And for obvious reasons, right, they want to consider it to be a power conference. So they want their top-tier teams to go up against power five opponents and beat them. So I think it was um, a couple of seasons ago when uh, UCF went 6-6. Six and six, That was the bowl game that they went into to play Arkansas State. So it's not it's usually not the teams that are in the top tier, not the, the top uh teams that performed in the, in that conference that go to that bowl game. Um, so we would probably be getting a 6-6 six and six team, maybe at best a 7-5 and five team if we go to that game. But it won't be, like you said, it won't be South Florida. It probably will not be, or it definitely won't be Central Florida. Probably won't even be Cincinnati. As much as it would be great on travel to, to for all of us to go to Orlando, I, I'd much rather us play a better opponent and in and, and, and a more advertised bowl game than than the curveball. So yeah, Cody, like you mentioned, uh, you know, I think the New Orleans Bowl is is definitely kind of our uh, best possibility, uh, realistic possibility, um, you know, right now, you know, against Conference USA, and there there's some good uh, good football teams in Conference USA. Uh, you know, I, I think they send their uh, their number two or number three team, uh, you know, from the conference to that game. Um, and, uh, you know, you've, you've got UAB uh, there. They're 4-0 in the conference and 6-1 and overall right now. Um, you've also got uh, Florida International, Marshall, um, you know, Louisiana Tech. Uh, you know, so some, some, some pretty good teams. Uh, you know, Florida Atlantic not really having the year that uh, they, they were hoping for, uh, you know, just 1-2 and two in the conference and 3-4 and and overall under uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, but maybe they get things together and, and you know, they, they make a run and we, we face Lane Kiffin um, and, and the Owls there and, in New Orleans, but um, you know, I, I think that's that's a game that that Eagle Nation really should kind of be hoping for. You know, outside of obviously uh, things, uh, you know, all the stars aligning and us getting access bowl um, is is as to uh, be there uh, December fifteenth in New Orleans. Yeah, I think so. But to be honest, you know, after the last two seasons, just us to be even in this discussion to be like, hey, we rather prefer this bowl over that bowl. It just is a testament to. Uh, the coaching staff and the players on on this team. Matt, did you think that seven games into the season we'll be having no this way. conversation? No, no. I mean, we, we you know we talked about it in the, in the previews of where we thought we'd be, and um, you know we we kind of gave a gave a range there, and I think we were both agreeing kind of somewhere between six and eight, and then you know anything above eight would you know be just fantastic, you know, to be thinking of of nine wins um you know now obviously we're thinking of 10 or 11 wins you know and so it's yeah it's it's just great and like you said just a testament to um you know this coaching staff and and coach Lunsford and these coordinators of just the the fantastic job they've done in in riding the ship and then you know just kind of frankly shows you what uh great coaching can do that we had the talent there under great leadership uh with Lunsford and and you know solid game planning from uh Sloan and DeBess and, and the rest of the assistants uh you know you can see what what we can be and uh, you know I I think it only uh only gets better from here and uh you know we'll, we'll get into to predictions in a minute um you know obviously with this this huge App State game but certainly you know uh no matter really how that App State game goes, uh, just just a great year so far, and I think we're gonna uh, finish 
um, you know, with a really good record uh, that Eagle Nation could be proud of and, you know, be, be back in a bowl where we should be. Yeah. What you just said kind of reminded me of, of this that I kind of wanted to point out is that with this win, we obviously are bowl eligible, but we don't have that monkey on our back now. You know, if we'd have lost that game, then we'd been five and two. We would came up against a very difficult App State team that that we may have would have of of lost to. Now we're five and three if we do, and now it's three of the last four games are on the road. So I think it would have just been a, a, a weight on everybody's shoulders of can we get to that sixth win in the final four games, and we don't have that. I think our players can play free. I think they can play loose the rest of the season, and and really just. As as Lunsford said last night, yeah, it's a check mark, but it's not the final destination. It's not it's not our only goal that we want. So now it's on to the next goal. I think they'll play very very loose from here on out, knowing that this goal that they had is already off their list and they've already accomplished it. So now, Cody, let's uh, close the show by talking about uh, predictions. Uh, you know, how how do you think this uh, this App State uh, game is going to go? Well, I think I've I've already said that I think this is going to be a dog fight. I think this is going to be a, from opening kickoff to when when the game ends, whether it's in the fourth quarter, or whether we go into overtime or multiple overtimes. This is going to be a tough, tough, tough game. Um, on both sides of the football, I think there'll be times in which we'll, we'll be like, you know, what are we doing on offense? Because it seems like we just can't get the ball rolling. And then there'll be times I think on on defense we'll be like, man, we're playing we're we're, we're playing fantastic. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get a drive and, and they score. And then, you know, we have to respond. Um, so it's it's I think this is going to be the outside of the Clemson game. Obviously, this will be the toughest game that we have all season against probably the second best opponent that we've had all season. So my prediction is is that we win 27-21 and that I think it's going to be one of those things in which our, our defense comes up with a, uh, a a stand in the end of the fourth quarter to secure the victory. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm kind of right along the lines. I, I You know, I, this App State defense is really good. Um, you know, obviously our defense is really good too. I th- I think I think we have the best defense in the Sunbelt Conference. I really do. Uh, you know, I know, you know, obviously we talked about them coming out a little slow on the road um against New Mexico State. I think they get it back together, uh, you know, come out really strong. Um there there should be there there shouldn't be much uh, motivation needed for this game, right? Uh, everything is in there. You know, you don't need a a fancy speech or anything like that to get up for this game. So I I, I think the the defense especially comes out um, strong. You know, I I think it's it's kind of a a low scoring affair, kind of a slugfest, like you said. And um, I I think it might go in overtime. Honestly, you know, I I think uh, you know maybe it goes into overtime and you know we win it. 24-21, maybe on a you know Tyler Bass kick, uh, something like that. Um, I, I I don't think we want this to get into a shootout. Um, you know, obviously you could argue us running the ball. If it is a shootout, then we're eating up a lot of clock and controlling time of possession. Um, but App State, when their offense is rolling, can score really quick, and and that it can be really dangerous for an option team. Um, that when you're put into you know third and long situations or in you know uh, you know passing situations late in the game, maybe down you know two scores, um, that 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 gets a little dicey. So you know I I think if our defense comes to play, um, then I think they can kind of set the precedent and we can kind of pound it out on the ground, uh, maybe mix in, you know, a few big passing plays and uh, maybe a, a trick play uh, here or there and, uh, you know, come away with a, a three-point win. Man, 
the party in Statesboro Thursday night if we win this fucking ball game. Yeah, Matt. no, I know, I know, and uh, and you know, like we said, uh, hopefully, you know, Eagle Nation comes out. Hopefully, the students come out. You know, no excuses there. Um, and if obviously, like I said, if you can make it to the game, uh, you know, make the drive, do it. But uh, you know, after this, if if they do come away uh, with this victory, I mean, there is no reason why they shouldn't be standing room only against Troy uh, in the final home game of the season why you know uh, that Turner Field up there in Atlanta for the Georgia State game shouldn't be packed out in in, in blue or if we decide to do a whiteout again um, you know if, if if we win this game I mean Eagle Nation should come out for this game but if we win this game I mean it, like yes, uh, they're, 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 the the Statesboro Police Department better be on high alert, and uh, you know it's it's going to be a party in Statesboro, and uh, going to be really really fun the rest of the year. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all those lime green scooters are going to be destroyed. Yeah, they they might want to lock those things game. up. But uh, <laughs> for Cody, I'm Matt. As always, thanks for listening to Gotta Talk, and and hopefully we're uh, we're we're recapping this this App State game. Uh, you know, talking about Georgia Southern's seventh win, Cody. Yeah, hopefully, and man, will that be a great episode? Hail Southern, Cody. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.